Hey, hi, hello. Welcome back to the HBO Boys podcast. I am one of said HBO Boys, Ryan, on my solo pod journey into the show Hunter Hunter on HBO Max. We're on episode seven called Showdown on the Airship. And just for future reference, they call it an airship. I will call it a dirigible because it's a fun word to say. It's more fun than airship, okay? And that's what we're here to do. Having some fun. Why podcast if you don't want to have any fun? I want to have fun. So I'm going to say dirigible. Showdown on the airship summary reads like this. After Gon and his friends successfully passed the second phase of the exam, they boarded the airship, which, okay, fine, which would take them to the third phase. Gon and Kilowatt are exploring the airship, okay, while they run into Netero, who proposes a very simple game. All they have to do is take a ball away from Netero, and they become hunters. Seems too good to be true. Before we keep going, here is my plug that I'm remembering to do at the beginning. Pat me on the back. Thanks, Ryan. Patreon.com slash HBO boys, boys with a Z. $1 a month and you get this podcast early, plus bonus content that James and I put together every now and again. Although, really soon, I think it's going to be incredibly worth it. Even more worth it than it is right now with a back catalog of like 15 to 20 podcasts that you get immediately. Because the second part of the Call of Cthulhu campaign that we're going to do on the main channel for Lovecraft Country kind of deal that James wrote is going to be on the Patreon. It's going to be great, I assume. I don't know. Hasn't happened yet, but I know James. And the man wants this to go well, so I, goddamn, I bet it will. Patreon.com slash the HBO Boys Boys of the Z $1 a month. Okay, bye. Wait, no. God, no. It's not over. Oh, gosh. Oh, pull yourself together. Everything's fine. As we enter episode 7, we find ourselves with the remaining 42 Hunter applicants on their way to the third phase of the exam upon Examiner Chairman Netero's dirigible. I hope that 42, again, is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference, the answer to the life, universe, and everything question. And if not, and this is just a crazy random happenstance, I don't know, that's also fun. Beans, who is so goddamn cute... And at some point, I referred to as a tiny earless Yoda, but honestly, his name and vibe is so solid that I think I'm just going to call him Beans. When a character grows into themselves, their nicknames shall fade. It is known. And Beans is who he is, man. He comes out of the packaging himself, and so he shall ever be known as his own name, Beans. Mr. Oreo will most likely never get out of his nickname because he's a double-stuffed idiot, and that's the way the news goes. P.S. I'm a Mr. Oreo naysayer, as I think has been made very clear, but everything I read on the internet is just like, Mr. Oreo seems like the only sane person in this show. And I'm like, I, I, okay, I mean, again, I know I'm only seven episodes in. A Hunter Hunter novice, but holy shit, do I not, like, I... You know, this will be a truly good show. I think I said this at the very beginning. This dickbag, Mr. Oreo, who I do not like. And if, if, I, if by the end I'm like, oh my god, the internet was fucking right. Then this show is great because right now he can eat a large transparent bag of dicks. So he'll like be able to look into the bag of dicks prior to him eating it. And he'll be like, I know that this is a bag of dicks and this is what my choice is. Severed dicks into the throat. 
That was graphic. I'm going to keep moving. Chairman Netero and Beans properly introduce themselves, and then Beans tells them all that they will be at phase three in the morning, so everyone can eat and chill as they please. Kilowatt and Gon are still full of energy, which doesn't make any sense, and run off to explore the airship. Ah, the vigor of youth. How I wholly resent it. Pika Pika and Mr. Oreo are tired as fuck, which is way more relatable, but still won't make me like Oreo Boy any faster. You know, I am seven episodes in, and Pika Pika is the character I want to know about the most. His backstory is by far the best one, in my opinion, up to this point. I think that's also partly why Mr. Oreo is such an annoying sack of shit to me, because his backstory was such a sob fest that I understand. But holy shit, let's talk about the genocide of this kid's whole goddamn race. It's so much more interesting than gone sporadic moral dilemmas that are shrouded in curiosity that possibly masks his ability to recognize right and wrong and Kilowatt's kickflips that are impressive yet showy. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Oreo's Crimea River, My Friend is Dead, backstory. Oh, is he dead? Mr. Oreo, is he? Every friend and family got their eyes ripped out of their fucking skulls, dude. Any oozles, back to the dirigible. As Pika Pika and Mr. Oreo walk away, Pika Pika brings up something bothering him, which is the amount of phases this exam is actually going to have, and they discuss with Tones Bones, the rookie crusher, as he walks up to them, that there is usually an average of five to six phases, which is slightly helpful, but I still want the rookie crusher to have, like, a really awful death that would be written into historical fiction due to how gory it is. I really hate this dude. My amount of anger is irrational, but I want his face to be crushed into dust. I don't know what to tell you. So as it goes, Pika Pika and Mr. Oreo go to rest, and the Rookie Crusher keeps them on edge by saying that, hey, maybe the exam will start on the airship, so don't fall asleep too hard, or you might miss it and be disqualified. Mr. Oreo falls asleep anyway, as it can't be helped, but Pika Pika is totes sus of the Rookie Crusher, like he's been playing Among Us for two weeks. Oh wait, that's me. But he's sus of the Rookie Crusher because the words he said were illogical, and Pika Pika is like data from the next generation. Or data. Data or data. Both of them. He's the same person. He computes illogical fallacies for breakfast, dude. We cut scenes to Satotes, Magotes, Bahura, aka Snowdor, and Menchi talking over dinner about the applicants, which is so cool. I love inside looks like this, especially because it lets us know as an audience that the perspectives on the show aren't limited to our main characters, and perhaps main characters aren't a real thing here. It's just who the author wants to talk about at any given time, and that freedom of narration is both exciting and scary. Exciting because we will see perspectives at some point that will be surprising, and information can flow in more ways than you as an audience and me as an audience can assume possible at any given moment. And scary because omission of plot is on the table now, which is once again exciting. This anime is a high-stakes glass case of emotion. Menchi, Snowdor, and Satotes talk about the ones they believe stand out from the pack. Menchi brings up Hanzo because he already has an actual aura around him. Plus, he knows of the Dragon Strike Graviton Wombo combo, so that's very special. Satote says that he's partial to Kilowatt, which makes sense as he was the one of the first ones into the middle of Split Mountain. But Menchi says that he looks like a spoiled, selfish brat, which is interesting because that's something I hadn't picked up on prior to this. And if she's right, could make for a neat character shift, but also it's a bit on the nose if this is the way that they're going to pull off said shift. Her just kind of mentioning it. It's odd to me that no one's bringing up Gon, as he was the only reason more people didn't die in said mountain, but okay, whatever. Snowdor brings up Hisaka, the psycho magician, and he thinks that he's going to pass due to his intense bloodlust he showed while Toto the wrestler was freaking out. And then they show a clip of Hisaka licking his lips that looked insane. Like straight up. He looks like a dog looking at a bone. Holy shit. So weird. So weird. Hasaka, like, he's a murderous psychopath, but they showed the clip of him licking his lips. I was like, oh, 
Oh, gross. That's gross. You're gross. Minchi then says that that bloodlust that Snowdor saw wasn't happening for that one moment, but instead, Hisaka has just been doing that shit the whole time and spells bad news, and Satotes agrees that the clown boy has an affinity for the darkness as we port to see what the Dark Lord himself is doing, which is building a house of cards that he then knocks down, which lets the audience know, metaphorically, that he's a psycho, because fuck that! That's what only that thing means. When someone builds a house of cards in fiction and then knocks it down themselves, they have to be insane. The chef kicks Gon and Kilowatt out of the kitchen and tells them to fuck off slash go eat in the calf, you dinks. As they walk away, they look outside the dirigible and see a large city below them and are in awe of all the lights. And then, because Kilowatt's plot hasn't moved forward enough, Gon asks him about his parents. Kilowatt says that they are probably alive, which is ominous, and that they are both assassins, which Gon not only believes but continues to ask questions about, which surprises Kilowatt, as he is rarely believed when he makes this knowledge known, further proving that Gon has a nose for the truth and pretty much everything else. His intuition is on some next-level shit. Kilowatt then says that his family has high assassin-based hopes for him and that he resents that as he doesn't like being told who he should be. His parents were extremely upset that he didn't want to follow in their footsteps, at which point Kilowatt says, Horrible parents, right? No wonder I'm rotten. Which is the second time that's come up in one episode, and that can't be a coincidence. So it feels like they're setting up a heel turn, and in case y'all don't know, or watch wrestling enough, and know the lingo of a heel turn, let me describe what it is to you. A heel turn is an instance of a wrestler who has been cast as a hero, undergoing a character shift and adopting the persona of a villain, typically in a very sudden, shocking move. So yeah, Kilowatt is now, I feel like, being set up for said heel turn, so we shall keep our eyeballs on that. And then, the very next line he says is, So I slashed my mom in the face, and I stabbed my brother in the side, and then ran away from home, and if they come after me, I'll kill them. So, that was fast. Gon is like, uh, okay, bud, Jesus Christ, right on. And then Kilowatt dreams of becoming a hunter so he can hunt down his own family and murder them. Right on. Gosh. Very normal. That's a normal thing. Everybody feels that way sometimes, Kilowatt. You are not alone. You might be alone. Fuck, that's intense. Netero then walks behind Gon and Kilowatt, and then he does a little dexterous maneuver from one side of them to the other, for seemingly no reason. Kilowatt points out that Netero is fast, and then gets weirdly aggressive with the dude who's in charge. It's weird to get, like, very, like, be rude to the person who's your boss? Okay, bold move, Cotton. Let's see how that develops. Netero then asks the boys what they think of the exam so far. Gon says he loves it, and Kilowatt naysays slash says it's boring. Netero asks them to play a game in which, if they win, they become hunters immediately, assumably to prove to Kilowatt that he's not hot shit, but Gon doesn't sense that as he is just psyched because he likes games. Netero then has a costume change. He is now in athletic clothing and bouncing a ball in a padded room. The game is take this ball away from me before 8am and you're a hunter. Good luck. Kilowatt then begins to circle Netero, and we can hear an inner monologue within Kilowatt where he makes clear that he's being underestimated, and that makes this little rotten mind real mad. He begins to phase shift and have an aura like the one Hanzo had around him, and and Gon is like, the fuck? Kilowatt has either made copies of himself here, or is going so fast that we see him multiple times surrounding Netero, to which Netero says to himself is an assassination hunter technique called Rhythm Echo. Netero also says that for someone to have mastered this technique at his age, he must be a, quote, dreadful child, unquote. 
So this heel turn is a bit too sudden for me. Although I think more so it's not the speed that's giving me whiplash. It's the lack of foundation for Kilowatt's character. Sure, him being a tiny little white-haired murderer monster is fun, but I wish I had more context prior to the writer diving just completely into it. Kilowatt then dodges at Netero and is immediately outmatched. The old man is a fast fucking bro, because that's like his whole thing. Netero says it is disappointing that Kilowatt only had that for him, mocking the little boy for his comments that he said to him earlier. You don't be rude to Netero without him showing you up. Kilowatt then tries to kick Netero, but the chairman doesn't budge, and kicking him actually hurts Kilowatt's leg instead. Gon asks for a tag in, and it now is his turn. Netero internal monologues some more about him being an honest boy and having a quick first step, but very foolishly charging straight at Netero like he did to Hisaka in a previous episode. But it turns out that Gon has learned from his mistakes and vaults upwards, which spooks the chairman until Gon hits his head on the ceiling. From Netero's facial expression, Gon might have actually gotten the ball if the light fixture didn't come out of nowhere. Gon then gets up and tries again, as Netero internally mentions to himself that he thought Gon was dumb, but is currently surprising the old man with his skills. We port to the other side of the airship and see the rest of the 42 applicants sleeping. Tones Bones, the rookie crusher, wakes up to check if Pika Pika and Mr. Oreo were sleeping and his dastardly plan has worked, but they're sleeping just fine. Fuck you, Rookie Crusher. I hope you one day actually get crushed by a large meteor that falls from the sky, but it only crushes your legs so you don't die immediately. Quickly, we go back to the padded room that is of Jim, apparently, and Gon slash Kilowatt have removed their shirts, which is weird because they're children. But to be fair, they are trying to catch some balls. Move on past that sentence. Pay no mind to that sentence. I don't want to be on any kind of a list. Finally, Gon is actually sweating, as the 50-mile run did not do to him, and Kilowatt continues to try and attack his way to the ball. At Netero's suggestion, Gon and Kilowatt attack both at the same time, but to no avail. Until Gon kicks off his shoe to increase the range of one of his kicks and actually gets Netero in the nose, at which point he also gets kicked in the back of the head by Kilowatt and goes flying across the room, which sends the ball also flying. Netero air kicks to keep it out of Kilowatt's reach, but Gon throws his shoe at it and flings the ball across the room, at which point Netero goes Super Saiyan or some shit and grabs the ball first. And he gives the boys an A for effort. Kilowatt then says, okay, fuck this, I'm quitting. Kilowatt then points out that the old guy hasn't ever even used one of his hands and one of his legs. And is way too powerful for them, so they should just give up. As Gon is like, nah, man, there's so much time left, and we're so close. Netero says to Kilowatt that, oh, okay, well, you have figured out the me not using a hand and leg technique and that I'm way out of your range. And Kilowatt then replies, haha, you sure know how to piss me off, old man. Which is, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know. Just felt like out of nowhere. Felt, uh, this tiny little monster child says mean shit to old people who are in charge of him. I, more power to him, I guess. Uh, Gon then says he doesn't care and that he won't win, but he's going to keep trying. And maybe if he keeps going, he can get Netero to use his other hand. This episode is called Showdown on the Airship, but it should be called, Hey, look, the difference between Gon and Kilowatt. Kilowatt then goes to bed, and Gon keeps at it. Gon asks Netero to teach him how to do that assassin maneuver that Kilowatt just did, and Netero's like, nah, nah, you don't want to know that. People who do that are doing weird illegal shit. Gon tries to grab the ball, thinking Netero isn't paying attention, but you're not going to fool this old man. You're not going to get the ball, Gon. So we learned two things there. Apparently, I don't know, are the people in Kilowatt's family, there are assassin kind of people, like b bounty hunters who are hunters. But are the assassins that Kilowatt's family are? 
Are they, like, doing illegal shit? Like, outside the purview of the hunters? I don't know. We're going to learn, I bet, in the future. Kilowatt then walks down the hallway and runs into applicants 390 and 391, who I don't think we've met before. Kilowatt bumps into one of them by accident, at which point they attack the sweaty child with no shirt on. And as they grab his shoulder from behind, their goddamn heads explode. Which, holy fuck. It looks like they both got shot in the foreheads point blank as they did it. So, you know, heel turn accomplished. It is then revealed that Kilowatt has, like, goddamn werewolf-like hands when he feels like it. And says that he would have ended up killing the old man to get the ball eventually. Which I think he would have tried to, but I think it's also the devil child's ego talking in that moment. And that wouldn't have actually happened because the old man is like goddamn Flash on steroids. We pour back to the gym and Gon is still trying his best as he headbutts Netero in the stomach and then tries again but then flies past Netero and slams his brain into the wall. At which point Netero straight thought he killed the kid, but Gon gets up like a golden retriever puppy who hit its head on the side of a table and barely realizes something bad just happened with a smile on his face. Because he actually made Netero use his other hand like he said he would. Gone, completely ecstatic, has met his night's goal, screams yay, and then falls asleep on the gym's floor. Netero calls the captain and has him slow the ship down so, assumably, Gone, now with a giant bump on his head, can sleep longer, which is cute as fuck. And then a wild narrator appears! Netero has seen something in Gone as the airship approaches the exam's third phase! And that's where we end. So, overall, my feelings on this episode are I desperately want to watch more of this show, particularly because of how violent it is. I've never seen an anime, granted, as I've said many, many a time, I am a bit of a novice, but I've never seen an anime with this amount of gore and it still being about children, you know? Like, the dichotomy of innocence versus murder is very interesting to me. This episode was a little annoying just because of how opposite of subtle the kilowatt heel turn was, but I do like it overall, and I think that it will be one of the more interesting storylines as we go into the future, other than Pika Pika's storyline, which we haven't really dived much into lately, and then a third storyline of Gone and Kilowatt. Which one of them ends up more unhinged? Because at the moment, and especially after this episode, Kilowatt is from an assassin family and is quite okay with murdering people. So the possibility of him being an insane character is being handled in a pretty heavy-handed way. While I think Gon's is a bit more subtle, I believe the audience was supposed to take away from that moment where Gon wasn't surprised Kilowatt's family was a bunch of assassins, that Gon's curiosity and openness to the world can be or should be viewed as possibly dangerous. That all the weights are on one side of Kilowatt's emotional seesaw, which is causing his penchant for darkness. But what is even more dangerous is a seesaw that has no weights on it whatsoever, and it's just waiting for an anvil to hit it, which I think is what Gone might end up being. I don't know. We'll see. Again, like I don't know what's going to happen next. So yeah, the next episode is called Decision by Majority. I don't know what that means at all, but I'm excited to find out. Thanks very much for joining me once more on my journey through Hunter x Hunter. Next episode, episode 8, we'll get into the next phase of the Hunter exam and see what is ahead of our adventure companions, Gone, Pika Pika, Mr. Oreo, and Kilowatt. Till next time, okay, bye! <laughs>